Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. Still in the midst of this pandemic, guys. Today's date in the recording of this is the 29th of June, 2020. 29th of June, 2020. So, I'm gonna give my coronavirus update during this episode. I'm also going to talk about what constitutes clinical research experience because I got a very good question from a listener. Uh, I believe they listen on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed on YouTube, you want to make sure you do that right now. Go ahead, subscribe. Go ahead, like all my videos. Um, comment on the videos too. Um, before we get into that, I want to let you guys know about the resume review program and career consultation. So if you're interested in taking your resume to the next level, now is a great time to be working on your resume during the pandemic when uh, sooner or later the pandemic is going to subside and more and more jobs have become available. So you want to make sure you're ready as well as career consultation. If you are unsure how to break into the field, if you are unsure what direction you want to go into and how to get there, you can talk to me directly and schedule with me directly. So how you want to go about setting that up is emailing me eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. I've been doing a lot of career consultation lately, um, especially now more than ever. You've got to make sure that you are following the right strategies to get to where you want to be in the field. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get in to today's episode. So this person emails in, they've asked me to share their name. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to deter other people from emailing their questions in. Um, but I do keep them in, as anonymous as possible. Um, so this person emails in saying, hello, I've listened to a few of your YouTube videos. I got your email address from the video. Should I get a clinical research certificate? So if you guys haven't checked out that episode, you guys can go check out um, should I get a clinical research certificate? And you can know my thoughts on those um, if you don't know them already. Um, they said, I left a comment there. It reads, quote, I'm a little fuzzy on what exactly is considered experience. I have management and implementation experience in behavioral therapy. I also have a BA in psychology and have research. Designed a research project and presented poster presentation at university. Um, of critical thinking skills, cellular biology, plus lab, plus microbiology, lab of normal psychology, and neuropsychology, educational background. I'm also NIH certified, and in the past have also been certified as registered behavioral technician in behavioral therapy. Do these count for, quote, experience towards becoming a CRA and skipping the CTA starting position? I'm unclear if that's the order. If so, should I aim for a CRA position? I also live in San Diego, California. Uh, also, what's the difference between a clinical trial associate, a clinical trial assistant, and a clinical research assistant? What is each respective pay? Which one travels? What is the quality of life of each job? Do you have a video that can have a clear graph of hierarchy, pros, cons, each one? What is the ideal experience needed for each? And how do you gain each experience? Are there any free certifications that could be adhered to online for free that you know of? So they have asked a ton of questions, guys. So that's why I just responded back saying, hey, I'm going to make an episode. I, I just cannot respond to all those questions. Um, so if you guys are interested, all of the answers to those episodes, all, all the answers to those questions are already in different episodes. Um, so if you've checked out my series, like uh, it's about like what each position does. So I've done an episode on clinical trial assistant. Um, I've done an episode on clinical research associate, um, just what their job titles and how they function in the team. But I'm going to go over that a little bit briefly now in this episode. So basically, do they do what they list? 
you know, having done a research project, a poster presentation, um, cellular laboratory biology, um, do those count as clinical research experience? And the answer is no. But it's not, it's not as, it's more nuanced than that. Um, do they count as laboratory experience? Yes. Um, a lot of those things that you're doing is bench research. That's, of course, science. Um, but when we talk about clinical research experience, what we're talking to is clinical trials experience. Do you have experience with clinical trials? Do you have experience with phase one, phase two, phase three, uh, or phase four clinical trials? That's what we mean by clinical research experience. So you may have research experience, you may be researching something clinical, but if you're doing it at a lab basis, if you're working in cells, pipetting and stuff, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, do you have experience in the phase one, two, three, and four clinical trials? Because all the laboratory stuff is usually before all that stuff. It's what we're talking about is do you have experience with the medications, with the IP, with the devices, going in actual patients, human patients, not rats, mice, etc. Human patients, do you have experience with that going in human patients and dealing with those trials? So that's basically um, what you can, how you can tell if you have the right experience or not. Now, laboratory experience isn't bad. It's a good segue to get into clinical research, the clinical research and clinical trials. Um, and a lot of companies, obviously, they have that stuff going on. They're constantly doing research and development, or R&D for short. They're constantly doing research and development on new compounds and things of that nature. So if you're wise, you can use, if you have that type of experience, you can use that to get into clinical research because it's just a part of the supply chain. It's just before um, they start testing in humans. Um, but no, that is not the type of experience that people are looking for. That's why most people... They need to get an entry-level job. They need to get some experience. You need to understand the terminology. You need to understand how a trial is managed. Um, that's why a position like a clinical trial assistant or a study coordinator are great starter positions because you are able to build a strong foundation in clinical trials and clinical research. That's why I oftentimes recommend those to get your foot in the door because there are a lot of those positions out there and there's a lot of turnover in clinical research. So you're able to move up kind of quickly within a year or two. Um, which is not true for a lot of other jobs out there. Um, so no, to answer your question, I do not think that you should skip CTA or C or um, study coordinator or any other entry-level position. Um, and I don't think you'll be able to. Because um, CRA is not an entry-level position. It is not a position for somebody to get into without any type of clinical research experience. Um, and that is something that you know, a lot of people, I guess, don't realize they, they, I mean, a lot of people on the internet talk about CRA, 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 and they hear this incredible demand for CRAs and rightfully so. I mean, I would assume it'd be for something that's in such high demand. Why is it so hard to get to if they need them so badly? Um, but you know, as, as you know, it is in high demand, but you know, just because it's in high demand does not mean it's easy to get to or that anyone can do it. Um, there are a lot of requirements, A, being the knowledge base, B, being the ability to travel and spend weeks away from home at a time. Um, so those are just some of the requirements. But when you talk about what's the difference between a clinical trial associate, clinical trial assistant, and clinical research assistant, so it's going to sound crazy, but you know, different companies have different names for these positions. A, a one com Different companies... All those different titles could be doing the same exact thing. So there's, it's little nuances between them. 
what you want to do is make sure you're reading the job description. Make sure that they're looking for someone with little to no experience in the industry. And that will be a good job for you to apply for. Um, clinical trial assistant, you can go check out the episode I did on that. Um, we've talked about that numerous times, but basically they help liaison with the sites, collect documents, help out the CRA. They're basically a CRA assistant in some regards. Um, different CTAs do different things across the units. Um, you know, one CTA may be doing some, something and another CTA may never, ever do, do that. Um, so it's, it's not just one size fits all. Um, you know, as a group, usually CTAs are kind of doing the similar type of things, but di- different sponsors have different needs for their staff. So you might be doing different things. Um, and same thing with clinical research assistant and clinical trial associate. Those, are, those can be different names for the same thing, or they may have nuanced differences. Like, for example, a clinical trial associate could be a mix between a, what a CTA does and what an in-house CRA does. It's just that they're not um, monitoring sites remotely the whole time. So that's why they're not an in-house CRA. Um, They could be doing both. Same thing with a clinical research assistant. Um, Now, clinical research assistant could be just a fancy name for a clinical trial assistant, or it could be someone at the site level who is working with the study coordinator, and they just call them research assistant. They help out however they can. Um, Maybe they're they're the right-hand person to the study coordinator. Maybe they're helping manage... Um, the ISF binders, uh, things like that nature. Maybe they're going and chasing down the PI for signatures and things of that nature. Um, so you really want to make sure that you're applying to all these type of entry-level jobs um, and reading the job description, making sure that it's of interest to you and making sure that it is uh, entry-level. So which one of these travels? Pretty much none of them are going to travel. The only traveling that one of them might have is at the site level if the site is spread out among different um, areas of the city, I've seen that before, or if the complex is huge, you might travel different buildings within the complex. Um, you know, these are entry level. You ask about pay. Look, I, 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 I don't like talking about pay too much anymore with these entry level roles because the pay is not really what matters. You want to make sure that, of course, you can live, get by, and that shouldn't be a problem in this industry. Um, but the, the, the purpose of getting in this industry for your first job is not to make a bunch of money is to get the knowledge. So, you know, you can expect pretty much 39,000, probably a little bit more in California, all the way up to about 50,000 for these entry-level jobs. So about 10 grand spread, just depending. Um, maybe even more, depending on how you negotiate. Um, but you could be within that range. I'd say about 45 to 50,000 is a pretty solid range. Um, and the quality of life, I mean, that, that, a lot, that depends on a lot. That depends on who your manager is, who your boss is. Depends on which company you're working for. Um, but the quality of life in clinical trials is pretty good. And it's pretty, um, pretty solid when it comes to as far as a recession or a pandemic. You're going to have work. Um, and then, you know, a graph of hierarchy. Like I said, these are mostly similar jobs. Um, I mean, what, one thing you have to clearly understand is the difference between a site, a CRO, and a sponsor I've talked about this a lot on other episodes before. Um, the site, just because they're all at the bottom of the food chain, doesn't mean they're necessarily at the bottom. Um, you know, they just work at the hospital. The CRO is a middleman between the sponsor and the hospital. That's all they are. They're just a middleman. Um, so, I mean, technically on the hierarchy, they're above the site, but not really. Um, one that's clearly above is the sponsor because they're paying for everything. 
They paying the CRO, they're paying the sites to do all this work. So if you're talking about a hierarchy, they're definitely at the top um, because they're paying for everything. Um, so, I mean, that's just something you got to understand. And it's okay if you don't understand it coming in. I mean, these are entry-level roles. You're not expected to know everything. And, you know, that's just that's just what it is, guys. Um, you're, a lot of people want to learn everything they can beforehand, and you should. But you do not have to understand everything beforehand. They're going to teach you a lot of this stuff. They're going to teach you a lot about the industry in your entry-level role. You just got to be open and willing to learn. Um, and then the ideal experience needed for each. Like I said, these are entry-level roles. There's no ideal experience uh, because they're catered to people that don't have experience. So you just want to make sure that you're open and willing to learn, um, that you're trying to get into clinical research for the right reasons. Don't talk about how you want to get in and be a CRA within one month. Um, you just want to get it and leave, or you want to get in, get some experience, and jump to another company. You don't want to be talking about that stuff. No one wants no one wants a bunch of turnover, no matter if it's an entry level role or it's not. So you just want to make sure, you know, that you're eager and willing to learn. Um, there's no exact experience that's needed. Um, the best experience is prior clinical research experience, um, but a lot of people don't have that. So that's the best experience. But um, you know, if you can't get it, you gotta just apply with what you've got. Um, there's ways to make it look better, and that's what my resume review program is for and my career consultation and all that stuff. So you could definitely make your experience look better, um, and I definitely recommend that if you can. Um, but there's no best experience other than previous experience. And then free certifications. Um, there's none I really recommend. Um, they're pretty much going to teach you everything, like GCP training, et cetera, et cetera, Uh you know, IATA, Dangerous Goods Training, they're going to teach you all that stuff or pay for you to get trained on it. So there's no, um, you know, best free, but it definitely sh helps to show that you're learning. So if you can get some GCP online, some free GCP training with a certificate and everything, be my guest. Um, I don't really recommend those paid courses unless they come with a really, really robust internship because uh, the internship is really what matters. The academic stuff, you're going to get taught all that anyway. They don't really care about that. They just want to make sure you got good experience if you're going to get hired fast. Um, so if you're going to pay for those courses, which again, I do not recommend because they're way too expensive, you want to make sure they have a really, really robust internship, like a strong three-month or six-month internship where you're actually on site getting your hands dirty. That's what you want to make sure. If they do not have that, it is not worth the money. And um, you living in San Diego, um, I think you're in, a, you're in a great place. There's a lot of CROs there. There's a, a number of pharmaceutical companies there, if I'm not mistaken, but I know there's a lot of CROs there. So you're in a good position there. Um, so, yeah, I think San Diego's a great place to be for clinical research. You just got to look, be hungry, be aggressive when you're applying, and you should be in good shape. So I hope that answered all your questions. Hope if you guys have any questions, email me, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. And um, take care, guys.